Eric Nair contends that the theater's favorite subject, more than love, more than mortality, more than fate, is the theater itself. Few things get thespians more excited than the opportunity to analyze, celebrate, trash, or solipsistically discourse on their own chosen profession. Plays within plays abound throughout the canon, and actors, directors, and generally hapless playwrights have been staple characters since at least the Romans. For Shakespeare, all the world was, of course, a stage. Similarly, an on-stage stage could mirror the entire world. The performance of the mousetrap is arguably the most electrifying scene in Hamlet, and the Pyramus and Thisbe playlet is certainly the funniest moment in A Midsummer Night's Dream. Modern playwrights use the theater and its practitioners as sources of psychological penetration. Take Chekhov's The Seagull, or for philosophical inquiry, and that could be Pirandello's Six Characters in Search of an Author, and for Roaring Farce, Frayne's Noises Off. At least half a dozen plays in New York in the spring of 2014 placed the theater at the center of their focus. Self-analyzing theater challenges its audience with a whole range of questions, including, most obviously, what is theater for? Why is the audience there? What expectations do we bring into the theater, and what do we expect to get from it? What role does it play in our community, in our world? Why are backstage stories universally funny, whereas inside jokes from almost any other profession do not translate? Why is theater such a powerful allegory for life itself? These are questions that playwrights have asked for centuries, and many young authors are turning, with increasing frequency, to theatrical history for the answers. That from Eric Nayer's essay, Theater on Theater. Page and Bob Belitsky formed Diva Productions 25 years ago, and that means they've been presenting plays of many kinds for a quarter of a century, and that they are seasoned veterans. So when they decide to produce a show about theater, they may or may not choose to challenge their audiences with a whole range of questions, as Eric Nayer described. They have a keen sense of timing, and as audiences return to theaters in the wake of the height of the COVID pandemic, they think audiences should have a chance to attend the theater and get some good laughs and feel all the better for it. Paige Belitsky, artistic director of Diva Theater, stopped in at the WVIA studios to talk about this important anniversary season. The first year of COVID, of course, no one did anything. It was uh, too scary to be out and about, and most places were closed. And to be honest with you, I didn't want the responsibility of having people come into the theater and then being ill or passing an illness on. Uh, we need to take care of each other, and so the first year was tough. The second year, we did everything with uh, masks and shields. Anything change in terms of your sense of the importance of theater in our lives or getting regional voices out? I think there were lessons learned. Those of us who are in the arts know the value of the arts. What was interesting to me was a lot of folks, whether on Facebook or on news broadcasts or whatever, they kept pushing how important the arts were that... Artists found a way, and that was important. We found a way to get our art form out there. 
Zoom. I didn't know how to Zoom. I know, I'm a Zoom master. You get the work out there. You can have meetings. You can have rehearsals. You can collaborate on a project. So art finds a way. And so when it became clear a season could happen or plays could happen, what kinds of considerations have you been undertaking? Well, the first thing we did when it was okay to get back together, we had to plan our season. And this is the 10th season for us at the Old Brick Theater, but it's also the 25th year that Bob and I have had Diva Productions. So it's a big year for us. As you know, we do a lot of original works. We do a lot of edgy, dark dramas. And we decided this year we were going to go a little bit different. We're starting off with this wonderful comedy And that's followed by a wonderful project that we've collaborated with the uh, deaf community. We're doing a very special show called Perceptions. And then after that, we're doing The Odd Couple because we just need to laugh. We just need to laugh. What's this piece? This is a great comedy that I discovered at the drama bookstore in New York. I always sit for hours and I just pull scripts and I take a look. And I fell in love with this. So I asked Eric Lutz if he would like to direct the show, and he fell in love with it. It is called Two on the Isle, Three in a Van. Now, the Two on the Isle is taken from an old movie back in the 40s. It is basically a comedy about a summer stock theater company who is doing a whole season. You see a whole season in this play. You don't see the plays, but they come out in the costumes. There's a lot of back and forth about who likes who, who's the diva, who's the guy that wants everything dark and bloody. So it's very funny. It's a a farce without a lot of falling down and that sort of thing. But the play on words is clever. The costuming is to die for. And it's just fun. Why did you think Eric Lutz could do it? I've wanted Eric to direct for a while, and I've seen some of the shows that he's directed, and I was impressed with what I saw. And, you know, it comes a time when you kind of start letting the younger folks come in and and start directing. So we have Eric this season and also David Hunnish this season who will be directing for us. Two very well-seasoned young folks. They, They have a good eye for what needs to be on stage. So we're very pleased to have both of them. And it's a delight for people who do theater to do a play about theater. The audience enjoys it, but you can bring it to life because you've lived it, right? Absolutely. Almost every rehearsal, someone in the cast will say, oh, that sounded just like so-and-so who I worked with at this company. And then everyone starts to laugh and then the stories begin. And, and absolutely. And the actors are having such a great time. And in this piece in particular, because it makes you laugh, you leave the theater feeling good. It isn't necessary that you have to rethink the characters and the drama and what the plot twist was. This is just in-your-face comedy, and it makes the night light. One less thing to worry about. Tell us about these costumes that are so wonderful. The costume changes are amazing. We change costumes so many times. We start the show doing Hello, Dolly. So Dolly comes out in her regalia and the other cast members come out. Next is the sound of music. So you've got, you know, the Tyrolean kind of costumes and and Maria and there's a couple of nuns thrown in there. So the nuns in particular are are worth the price of admission. Then we go to Medea. 
So there's togas and there's blood and there's screaming and it's hysterical. Then from there we go to Oklahoma. So now we've got, you know, picnic baskets and dirndl skirts and whatever. Then we go to Glass Menagerie. So in Glass Menagerie, you see Laura, the gentleman caller, and of course, Amanda. And then we end it with West Side Story. So needless to say, you see a lot of color and excitement. So these characters, the the 10 characters in this show, most of them change between seven to maybe nine times during the show. If you think it's crazy on stage, you ought to be backstage. And you have a tiny theater. Yes, we do. But we knew that the costuming is like another character in the show. So we needed dressers. So we have two people backstage who, as we're tearing off, they're putting on. And so that way we're, we're hitting the, the entrances and exits properly. If we remember old-fashioned summer stock, it was that kind of a schedule, right? Usually in a two-week format, you'd be rehearsing a show, being in a show, and getting ready to do another show. And there are times, in particular in this play, where two of the technical people who also are extras in the cast have done so many performances of different shows because they threw in children's theater in the middle of this. So Snow White appears in there somewhere and they're so confused they don't know what costumes they just put on who to go out in. So it really is hysterical. Are you in it? I am in this show, yes. I always say that I'm like Locus every seven years they let me go on stage, but it's been eight, eight years. So I am in the show. I, I play the the older woman, the more mature actor who's been around for a while, who um, is very sweet and very kind, and and she doesn't get caught up in all the nonsense, but she gets her point across, but does it very sweetly. So I, I say a lot of sweetheart and darling and dear, but there's always a little jab that goes with it. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful cast. They, they've made me feel relaxed and welcome and they actually laugh at my funny line so you know what's not to like Paige Belitsky, Artistic Director of Diva Theatre in Scranton speaking about the 10th anniversary season at the Old Brick Theatre 126 West Market Street and opening tonight is Mary Lynn Dobson's Two on the Aisle, Three in a Van. It's directed by Eric Lutz with Paige Belitsky in the cast. And you can see the production March 24th, 25th, and 31st, as well as April 1st. So that's Fridays and Saturdays this weekend and next at 8 p.m. or March 26th and April 2nd matinees at 2 to reserve your seats, it's area code 570-209-7766, 570-209-7766. You can find the Diva Theater on Facebook. Diva Theater Productions celebrating its 25th anniversary with Paige and Bob Belitsky as founders, and they are presenting this as a way to start the new season and to give people a chance to laugh and celebrate together a return to theater and a return to community 